Hey there, welcome to the Courage Cast. My name is Andrea Crisp, and this is episode number 31. And during the month of February, we are going to be talking to really courageous women who face their fear in life, love, and in relationships, and who've also made a few mistakes along the way. And today, I'm talking to a woman who has an incredible story and someone who I absolutely adore. The restoration process that she and her husband have been through following infidelity in their marriage is absolutely amazing. Her life was unexpectedly turned upside down when she found out she was pregnant with her fourth child and there was no way that it could be her husband's. I cannot wait for you to hear this story of redemption. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week we'll share real stories of influential women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, Andrea Crisp, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. This episode of The Courage Cast is brought to you by something that is near and dear to my heart. It's my passion to empower women to live more bravely. Maybe you feel a little uncertain of how to move forward in your life and you're ready to reignite your confidence and change your perspective on what you're fully capable of. If you want to break free once and for all from your limiting beliefs to live your purpose, then I believe breakthrough coaching is for you. So let's have a conversation to find out what's really holding you back so that you can reframe your mindset and get the clarity you need to move forward, both personally and professionally. Let's connect at andreacrisp.ca forward slash schedule. From the moment we met each other, there was an instant connection. And I knew from the outset that she was a woman who I needed to know and learn from. Now, I absolutely love this woman and how she is able to share her life with transparency and authenticity. After her marriage hit a turbulent time, she and her husband, Bob, went on a journey of forgiveness and healing. They spent years rebuilding their marriage after infidelity, and now they help hundreds of other couples journey through marriage and relationships. She's a best-selling author, a speaker, a TV and podcast host. She has a doctorate in ministry. This woman can do anything, but more than that, she's hilarious and down to earth. And she is someone I look up to with such a high regard. Here's my friend, Audrey Meisner. Audrey, I am so like unbelievably thrilled to have you on the Courage Cast. Um, I cannot wait for people to hear your story. I cannot wait for people to meet you. You're one of the most energetic, vibrant, amazing, honest, transparent women I know. So thank you for being here today. Listen, girl, the fact that you are doing this Courageous podcast tells me how courageous you are. So I am celebrating your venture and your passion. And wow, what a, what a, what a, there's nothing better than just helping each other just visit through the hard times so that we can pull through, you know, so that this is you're right on what I love to talk about. So I am ready. Okay, I'm I'm excited. And just so um, the listeners can get a little bit of context, you mm-hmm. and I met probably about two, maybe two years ago now. Yeah. And it was actually when you and your husband, Bob came to do a marriage intensive at the church that I go to. Of course, I'm not married, so I didn't attend it. Mm -hmm. And I got an opportunity to hear you speak on the Sunday when you were in church. And that after church, um, we had a meeting, we connected, immediately had a bond. Bonding. I said, we didn't just connect. We had a moment. I was like, who are you? And have I known you all my life? (laughs) (laughs) 
And you were, I was like, okay, I've got to connect with this woman. And it has literally the few interactions I've had with you have been so transformational in my life. And, um, you and your husband, Bob currently live in Phoenix Yes. and you have a ministry and I'm sure you'll probably share a little bit about that as well. But, um, it, your story has been unbelievable. Um, what God has done in it and who you are and the women you have become through it and through God's grace has been unbelievable. And I would just want to say right off the bat, People, you need to check Audrey and Bob out. If you're married, you 100% need to listen to everything that they put out there. Check out all the resources because it will encourage you so much. And they have a podcast called Live Transformed, and it has revolutionized my spiritual walk. So I love it. I had to just put that out there right off the bat. Thank you, Andrea. And that my favorite part of what you said is because of what God has done, because there is nothing about my story that could have any redemptive value except for what God and his incredible mercy and grace and extravagant love has loved me and our family through. So I'm, I'm so thankful for what he has done because this isn't my story, but it's definitely me and him together. Yeah. Of course it does because we all need him, right? We definitely do. And I know that there'll be people, um, you know, from all walks of life listening to this and from all stages of Mm -hmm. faith. And, and so I just encourage you guys, as you're listening to this today to just come at this with a, an open heart to about relationships and about love and about God and about grace. And there's so many things that you will probably pull from what Audrey has to say. And I just encourage you to be open to everything because her story is so very powerful. And Audrey, I know you guys have gone through a a massive journey Mm -hmm. and I'm going to just kind of toss it over to you maybe just to start it out. Like what happened? What started this whole story in your life? My scariest day of my whole 52 years of living was um, a cold, cold afternoon in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, walking out of a doctor's office, um, holding my husband's arm, finding out that I was pregnant. See, see, because just a month before, I had, um, well, well, let's back up, three months before, I had begun um, a a relationship that I never dreamed I would be in. It was a friendship. It was, it was just this guy helping us in the church. I was a pastor of a church. My husband and I were leaders together and he was just helping out, but he started to notice things and mention them. And it just touched my dry and thirsty heart. I felt like I was working really hard. I was overwhelmed and I, and I just felt like, did anyone even see what I'm doing? And is it even worth it? Is what I'm doing okay? Why am I working tirelessly to help people? And I don't even know if it's landing. And just one guy had to come in and start noticing and saying, wow, like you worked so hard. You helped so many people. Can I help you? And I went, oh my gosh, yes, please. Thank you. And so this began a friendship. And it turned out to be 
oh, you know, you're so beautiful. And he was, he was much younger than me. And, and I thought, we just need to get you a girlfriend, you know, because he was starting to, you know, really notice me like too much. And I said, we need to get you a girlfriend. But you see, part of my heart, I've been married 17 years. I had three kids. I was in that stage of life where you've been, as I said, working really hard and you still want to know that you're beautiful. And he touched in that. And I don't, he, he was not quote unquote after me, but when you plant seeds like this in someone else's heart, and then you water them with thoughts when you're not with each other, all of a sudden it can turn into growing something that you never intended to grow. And so I thought I was immune from ever having an inappropriate relationship. So I thought, oh, he can just be my friend. He can help me at church. It'll be great. But it was just a matter of a little while because you see, um, I thought I was making a small compromise by just writing a little bit of a flirty email or you know meeting him for lunch alone. And I thought, oh, I love my husband. I love God. I would never do anything like that. I've been married for 17 years, never touched another man. I mean, this would never happen. So I can just have a little bit of fun, a little compromise. There is no such thing as a small compromise. You see, because that one step in that direction, you see, sin can lead you take you further than you ever dreamed you could go. And you think you're in control. I thought I was in control. And just even saying the words, I would never do that. Cause that's literally how I felt, Andrea. I would never do something like that. Mm -hmm. That word says, I don't need God. I just want to have this a little bit and I don't need him. And that is spiritual pride. And pride comes before the fall. And that's exactly what happened. That friendship, it was a couple year long friendship, but eventually it turned into a sexual affair that lasted for three weeks. And when that turned sexual, my whole mind was chaotic, confused. I was like, who am I and why am I? I'm having to lie to get together with this guy. I am everything about the foundation of who I am is being rattled and compromised. And, but yet there was this other side of me that just wanted what I want. Like I'm kind of that kind of person. Like if I want something, I know how to get it. And I wanted this, you know, this boyfriend feeling, you know, of this. And, and, and that's what the rush of, of an inappropriate relation will do. It's like, for, it's a momentary, very short season of, oh my gosh, I feel so alive and so young and so free. And then meanwhile, it's, the Bible talks, scripture talks about how sin is pleasurable for a season, but you are on a road, a road to extreme destruction and ultimately death. And so it was on that road and I was in this turmoil. So after three weeks, I just ended it. I said, you've got to leave the city. And I had no intentions of ever visiting him again or the situation. That was it. I just prayed. I said, God, I'm never going to do that again. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Rekindle my relationship with my husband. I want my marriage. I want my family. I don't want, I just need to be restored. So I was pretty surprised when I, heard the whisper of God in my heart because that's when I heard him say, you need to tell him, tell Bob. I was like, Oh no. Wow. Like, I, you want, okay. That you think that that'd be my scary state, right? Mm -hmm. Right now. Yeah. It, yeah. The plot thickens. Cause that was a very, very, very scary, scary day because I thought I, 
I have to tell him because the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me not tell him. I was, I, I um, am not a confrontational person and I had avoided conflict for all 17 years of our marriage. I was, if I ever did con confront Bob, I felt like he was defensive and it didn't go anywhere and this isn't going to help. So I'm just going to be like a perfect, good little performing girl and make everybody happy so that we never have to fight. So Bob was, to say he was shocked is an understatement. But that day when I sat at his feet and I said, Bob, I had a sexual affair. I, I can't even, I cannot describe with words the amount of extreme trauma, pain, terror that both of us felt. We did not know where to go from this moment. And yet, yet I know that secrets, I knew something in my heart said this secret, even if you keep it a secret the rest of your life, will, will bring a division. You know, talking about it just takes me right back there that day. So he, you know, kind of just got super angry and left the room. And I just remember laying on the floor in this office thinking, this is it. Don't know what to do. We're leaders. We, we should, we're pastors of a church, leaders in the city. We should, we, if anyone should know what to do, it's us. We're the ones that everyone thinks has the most amazing, perfect marriage. I mean, we are good at looking good, if that makes sense. Like, we're mm -hmm. good at that. So, um my, I, I don't want to, I, I would love for everyone to eventually just follow a link on our website and see the whole story. Cause it's part of, a lot of this is obviously Bob's story, but today we're talking about courage. So I want to keep on track. And so, um, we got help. Let's just say that we were both extremely broken in a lot of pain. I was terrorized out of my mind. I was just being, um, Bob was interrogating me for details that I didn't want to tell him all of that. You can, you can imagine the mirage mm. of events that took place after that. And, um, but we, we got help. We, we called out, we called somebody, we asked for help. And this guy just refused to sympathize with us. And he said, sympathy never helped anyone. I'm just going to give you truth and you're going to get through this. So we did everything he would ask us to do, but being together was very hard. Now back to that day in, gee, I think it was the beginning of February, 2001. And that was when we were walking out of the doctor's office. And we had found, this is the scariest day of my life. We found out that as a result of that three-week affair, that I was pregnant. And Bob had had a vasectomy. There was no doubt that this was not from Bob. And I was now impregnated. The guy... Um, he's biracial. The baby wouldn't look like all of our very, you know, fair and blonde children. This is, this is it. This is when the enemy had a heyday and didn't just whisper in my ear. He screamed in my ear and says, look at you now. You know, he's an accuser. And he said, look at you now to think that you just wanted to be a Jesus girl and love people. And now you are a disgrace. You are a fool because everyone in the world is going to know the most stupid and selfish thing that you've ever done. It's going to be on parade for everyone to see for the rest of your life that you're that girl. You're the girl who said she loved God and loved her family and then had an affair. You're the girl who got pregnant and jacked up her entire family and all her kids. And by the way, your kids are going to be messed up because of you for the rest of their lives. They are going to have to pay for your mistake. You're disqualified. Your life is over. All you've ever wanted is a happy ending. And there is no chance of that. Your life 
in essence, is over. So. Oh, Audrey, like you're saying that in... I have chills because I can imagine the amount of women who resonate with those words. Yeah, seriously. You know, who um, have made a mistake in their life and have had an experience, um, maybe not this mistake, but something. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't and, matter what the mistake is. The yeah. words from the enemy are still the same, right? Yeah. And the words like, one thing that that stood out to me right at the beginning of your story when you said and it really just kind of took hold of me was the boyfriend feeling yeah and I've never heard that before because I was like the boyfriend feeling and then immediately I started thinking about it and I was like wow yeah because as women we Mm -hmm. have this like you know when we have a new boyfriend it's like this feeling of butterflies and everything's great yeah. in the world and everything's wonderful and nothing and bad's so, ever so going to happen. I'm so loved. I'm so desirable. I'm just everything. You know, you just, it does something to your ego. Yeah. And then <sighs> all of a sudden you are, you know, catapulted into something or a place you don't want to be. And you're thinking, how did I get here? Like, how did this actually happen? Even though you know how it's happened, but, yeah, you're, you're still like, get there. yeah, like, cause you're trying to think like everything about who I am is not this. Right. And then exactly. all of a sudden here you are. Exactly. So you can imagine my desperation and you can imagine how desperate people will do shocking things. Mm-hmm. So only a handful of people in the world knew what was going on. My parents, the guy who was helping us basically knew what was going on and and so um we okay so that was when I went I I was alone in my kitchen and I I still remember it like it was yesterday I remember even the details of what was on the countertop and I made the phone call to the abortion clinic I just picked up the phone and I called the abortion clinic anonymously and they said, it's such early detection that we can just send you 10 pills in the mail. You don't have to give us your name. Just give us your address. We'll send you 10 pills. And you just take one a week and your problem will be over. Isn't it just like the enemy to make it sound so easy? Mm-hmm. So discreet. Nobody will ever know. You can just say you had a miscarriage to everybody else. And that baby will be gone and your problems will be over. Whew. So I hung up the phone. I fell down to my knees and I just, the, the inner wrestling and fighting and turmoil is between two, basically two Audreys. The Audrey that wants to escape and wants the easy way out and the Audrey that knows that this is going to be lasting damage if I do this. Like, you know what I mean? I just, I was just, completely torn but I did just move to I had just that morning read the story of David and Bathsheba and it, and it had said how you know David obviously got Bathsheba pregnant and it was inappropriate and, and it was wrong but then the, the the scripture says after he got Uriah killed that's when it said and God was displeased with David 
It didn't say, I mean, of course he wasn't pleased with the adultery, but it didn't say that line that he was displeased until after the murder. And so I had just read that and I went, you know what? I can't, I can't take this life into my own hands. I just can't. I've got to start making choices here. And so I just said, God, I cannot have this abortion. I, I won't do it because two wrongs don't make it right. However, I, I started begging God and I called him father and I've known him as my father in heaven my whole entire life. And I said, Father in heaven, I love you and I know you love me. So please, if you truly love me, take this from me. This baby, take this baby to heaven. It'll be so much safer there for this baby. It'll be so much easier for me and Bob to get restored and our family to never have to know what is going, has happened. It'll be so much easier for just even the whole community of believers if this never has to come out in the open. Father, just take this baby. Please, God, take this baby. Okay, so the story continues. I'm, and I sit here today talking to you, Andrea, and I'm saying, because God loves me so much, he did not answer that prayer. Mm -hmm. How many times do we have such a great idea for God? Yeah. In a way that like, oh my gosh, God, you could do it like this. Like, I get ideas like that. Yeah. And, and I think he just smiles and goes, oh girl, like, I love you. But understand that I see a very big picture here. You're very limited to your present time and circumstances, but I can see a big picture that you cannot. Will you trust me? I think that's the message for every one of us today is to say that exact thing. Girl, I know that you have things that you wish I could do for you. But if you only could see things from my vantage point, vantage point, you would understand. Oh, how I wish I could just give you that little thing that you're asking for. But in the big scheme of things, you can trust me because I am your father who loves you. So, um, I, I, it was just a few days later that I had a God moment. Thank you, Jesus. You know, you can't plan <laughs> <laughs> and I had this, and I was out on an errand with my dad, and my dad is a very merciful, gracious, um, he's just, he just really does have eyes to see a positive scenario in everything, and I guess this was the epitome of that, because he had a, you know, a national ministry of It's a New Day, since I was 11 years old, of a national TV show, he had everything hanging on this, as far as his own reputation, and even the survival of the ministry, the 30 year old ministry at that point. And yet he put all that aside and he was present with me. And he says, Audrey, I don't care what it takes. We're going to get through this. You see, because when I had asked God to give me a, a miscarriage or take this baby, what I in essence was asking was God, please, you know, evacuate me out of my circumstances. But that's when he says, I'm going to come to you. I'm not going to evacuate you out but I'm gonna to come to you right where you are and we're gonna go through one moment at a time. We're gonna keep walking. I'm gonna keep speaking to you. You're gonna keep hearing my voice. You're gonna keep feeling my, my embrace. You're gonna keep feeling my peace. Even when everyone hates you and judges you by the worst thing you've ever done, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be the one who rescues you. I'm gonna be the one that's allowed to tell you who you are. <clears throat> so that night in the car, my, my dad just said that one thing. I said, Dad, I cannot live. 
I don't know how I'm going to live. I love my kids. I love people. I love ministry. I love Jesus. I, I don't know how I'm going to live. There's a baby. Excuse me. There's a baby. And he just said this one thing, Andrea. He said, Audrey, that's what you did. But that is not who you are. Mm. And when he said those words, I just chose to like clamp my heart around them. Like I'm talking, you can imagine how many voices I was hearing all day long that were not that. <laughs> so I just decided in my heart, when you hear one good thing, one thing that you know is going to keep give you hope, you just hang on to it with all your might. Like it is you are in a rushing river and that is your one rope to hang on to. And you are going to hang on to it because that is for someone who's listening right now. This is, yeah. it, sure, my dad said it to me, but you're hearing it right now. Like I'm saying to the listener, I'm saying, yes, that happened. Yes, that's what you did. But that is not who you are. Other people will identify you by your mistakes, your, your, your patterns, your behavior, whatever. They'll, they'll try and pull it all up. But God, he says, you are my own you are chosen. I've got something for you. Just hang on because I know who you are. God says, I know who's in there. Underneath all that pain, all the trauma, all the stuff that's kind of quote unquote messed you up. I know who's in there. I know the real you. So that is, yeah, that's what you did. But that is not who you are. That is so powerful. And you know, I can, with your dad saying that to you, like I have a wonderful relationship with my dad and I know you do as well. Yeah. And there's something about hearing that mm -hmm. and, and, and just experiencing that knowingness of this is not who you are. And the acceptance, the fact that my dad wasn't judging me or accusing me. Mm-hmm. Andrew, I think you and me might be at like an extreme, extreme exception because I would say 98% of the girls or people, anybody listening to this will, will not have fathers. Exactly. And yet 100%, all of us have a father in heaven that's the same who does this for us. Mm -hmm. Like no one is disqualified from having father, God, creator, amazing daddy God as our father. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you said that Audrey, because it is so true. We're an anomaly totally. in this day and age in, uh, in the sense of having that relationship with our, our dad and having a, a great relationship with him and an honoring one. And whereas so many women who experience things throughout their lives yearn for that acceptance and that um from their dad and and it's hard for them to to even go to god because they don't have a concept or context for who he is exactly and and yet we can go to him even though maybe our earthly father wasn't present or wasn't um, available or wasn't nurturing or loving or all of those things. Exactly. We can still. It takes pushing through. It yes. takes pushing through. Mm -hmm. but, but it's available. Like you just so, 
so eloquently said, seriously. So here you were, you're, you're, you've had this conversation with your dad and continue the story from there. What happens next? Well, then we have to deal because <laughs> we're pastoring a church and the pregnancy is continuing. You know, it's not going anywhere. And so um, we got counsel from our, the pastor that was helping us who really asked us not to tell people what was going on. And that was misinterpreted later that we were being deceitful. But you see, if, if people, once everyone knows, that, then you're going to get every opinion and every judgment. We weren't ready for that. Mm -hmm. So the Lord almost cocooned us, so to speak, and kept us covered until we got our healing. And so we, we um, dissolved the church and moved to Phoenix, Arizona, where Bob's dad was living. We had no job. We had no house. We had nowhere to stay. And um, Bob is American. So we, you know, moved to the U.S. really quickly. There were some amazing open doors that happened within weeks for that to happen. And then um, right in the middle of the school year, and the kids had no idea what was happening. And um, if people were to download, we have an ebook, Marriage Undercover, or the actual book, Marriage Undercover. But that is just um, where the details are. If people really love details, they're in that book. Mm -hmm. But basically what happened was, is that God miraculously provided a job and a home. It, it very, <clears throat> I'm going to say we lived on very, very little, but, but we were very, um, it was an important time for us to get through. And I mean, I'm talking about, we only had one little beat up vehicle that someone lent to us. We didn't have internet in the home. So I would take all three kids on their bicycles pregnant and go to the library just to go on the internet and, you know, stuff like that. Like we lived really an interesting few months, years actually there. But what happened was, is that it was time to tell the kids. And that was another very scary thing because, you, again, you want to dismiss the actual truth. Like, how authentic and transparent should we be? I mm -hmm. think that's a question a lot of us ask us. Who, who needs to know? And that really was the question we had to ask because if people didn't need to know, we weren't telling them. That was our counsel. It was on a need-to-know basis. Well, the kids needed to know, and Bob and I have always raised our kids without secrets. Like, we're not – and, of course, I mean, the baby's going to be born, obviously darker. Like, come on. Some people were telling us, well, don't tell them. And I'm like, what? Like, no, like we have to get through this somehow. I don't know how, and I don't know how it's going to pan out, but I, I know that we have to tell the truth. And there's a, there's a good thing right there. You know, you've just got to tell the truth to the people who need to know. And so um, we had a family meeting and this is where my husband, Bob, just amazes me how in his dark, dark season of, of, of just being terrorized every day by the images of what I had done, by just the extreme rejection he was going through every day. And he was pulling himself through this. And we weren't, it wasn't like it was an easy in our relationship, but he was wrestling through and getting the help he needed. And um, there were good days and bad days. There's good days, bad days. I felt so punished by him just as is just his, his rage and, and all that kind of stuff. But the kids didn't know what was going on. But on this day, it was like this mercy had been growing inside of Bob. And as we sat down to tell the children, he grabbed the blanket from our bed and he just covered me up completely. I didn't know what was going on. He's never, like, he didn't tell me ahead of time. He didn't, he was very spontaneous. He takes this blanket and he covers me up and he holds me 
And he says, kids, this is what God does when we mess up. He comes to us and he covers us and he holds us. And he speaks gently into our heart and says, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'll never turn my back on you. And you know what, kids? Your mom has made a big mistake and you're going to have a baby brother. But I'm not going anywhere. And the kids, you know, my oldest son was 15 at the time. He put the, he connected the dots. And he goes, whoa, and he starts crying. And my daughter, who's 13, she figures it out and starts crying. And then she gets this big smile on her face and says, but daddy, we're having a baby. And something happened in the atmosphere with my daughter's smile. The hope and the excitement of new life. Sorry for crying a little bit, but mm. just remember that smile. Somebody was ready to celebrate this baby. And it was Janelle, her daughter. She was ready to celebrate. And then she saw Bob's pain and said, oh, I'm so sorry. But then she goes, but dad, it's a baby. And then our little son, David, who's 10 at the time, he just finally says, I don't get it. Like, what are you guys even talking about? <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm not going to be the youngest anymore. You know, mm -hmm. like he was. But, you know, um, I think I just had never really thought about that moment of how celebration entered into our house when Janelle found out. And then it was just, you know, several months later when our little baby, you know, there was a lot in between, obviously, but our, we had come so far because of God and his healing and his, his journey. You know, you can't dismiss the journey and the process. But when our little baby boy was born, my husband told me earlier that he wants to name the baby. I said, sure, of course. And he said, I'm going to give him, <clears throat> when he was born, he said, his name is going to be Robert after me, my name, because I never want him to wonder or question whose boy he is. Oh, it's this beautiful. This is my son. This is my son. He's our boy. And he's not, you know, and his middle name is Theodore, which means divine gift. Because Bob said he's not an accident. He's not a mistake. He's not the result of a sexual affair. He's born out of the design and the heart of God. And he's been given to us as a family. He is our gift. He is our blessing. And um, that was the day Robert was born. Ooh, this is an emotional story. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, Audrey, I've never heard the whole story uh -huh. until just now. Oh, wow. Well, I've never told it exactly like this. It's yeah. different every time. It's, um, you know, I just, I, I'm, I'm going back to what Janelle said and to, you know, that hope. And that yeah. place of, of celebration. Yeah. In the midst Even, of the biggest trial. Yeah. Yeah. It just takes one. Both my dad and Janelle were happy about the baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's like, it's amazing to me because I think we can see life circumstances from any vantage point. We can see it from like the glass half empty, the glass half full. And there's oh, something about kids that yes. they tend to see it a little bit more optimistically, yeah. a little bit more hope and, yeah. and how God has even redeemed 
this for your family. Yeah. And how beautiful. So like kind of fast forward us a little bit and take us to like now in, in your life. Yeah. Like tell us about your life now. This minute I will take you. We live in Phoenix, Arizona. Robert is 16 and he just got his learner's license and we're driving around and he asks me not to guess. Mom, stop gasping. (laughs) 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 But he's an incredible guy. And you know, the cool thing is that all of our fam, our kids have just rallied around this together. Like they are so together. You would never know there was an age difference or than any other way. Robert is so secure in his destiny and his worth, which is not because of us. It's because of the goodness of God. And because we don't know the end of his story yet, Andrea. Like the Lord has showed me in times of prayer that one day in that great big picture we were talking about, way back about how God sees this big picture, that Robert was meant to be on this world for some, in this world for something that we don't know of yet, you know? And that's like, no pressure, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> None at all. Yeah. Just go ahead and change the world. Do yeah. that. But, <laughs> but the point is, is that there's laughter. There's peace in our home. We call our house. We actually named our house, the house of mercy in the land of acceptance. Because you know what, we won't always approve of everything that takes place, but we will have 100% acceptance and we will not back down on the righteousness of who God is and that we are a family who loves God intimately, each other openly, and the world radically. That's our family mission statement. And so mm. that's what we're living. We, we, I mean, of course we have stuff. Every family has stuff. But I can just see this. God, amazing restoration that has taken place. And Bob and I, and oh, and by the way, Janelle also still lives in the home. And it's so, you want to say back to today, Mm -hmm. Janelle's 28. She'll be getting married next year, but she still lives in the home. David lives in Toronto with you, (laughs) you and your church. Yeah. And, um, and uh, loves, loves your, loves C3 Toronto. And Christopher lives in New York city. And, but um, Janelle has been here for Robert when we have tried, like it's turned into a t- thing where we've just developed so many strategies to help couples because in the last 16, 17 years, we've gotten turned over just every rock that was in a relationship before how this happened in the first place. We've helped probably thousands of couples and many personally through their crisis. And so we have a deep passion to help marriages. And so we keep developing tools podcasts, e-courses, books. So we're busy traveling and doing that, but Janelle has always been here for Robert. And I mean, we haven't too, but you know what I mean? She's like a sister mom. She's half sister, half mom. She raised, she, she was 13 and she just turned into a mama when he was born. Yeah. And, and um, they actually work at the same restaurant and wear the same shirts. It's pretty cute. They, t- Robert is tall, dark, and handsome and Janelle's tall, dark, and gorgeous. So they look very cute going to <laughs> And they're just, you know, we just laugh a lot and we just trust God. And I think that that's what we have to do, Andrea, in life, is we just have to laugh a lot, trust God, like relentlessly. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time when I was, and you know, we could talk for literally 15, 20, 30 hours about the healing that took place between Bob and I and how forgiveness was restored and how trust was restored. 
all of those things that took years and was a process, but such an important and rewarding process. But when I think back, I think, wow, God has been incredibly faithful. And one time I was in a, in a place of just alone, intimate worship with Jesus. And I said, okay, that is it, Jesus. You have been so good. And I love you so much. I mean, Andrew, you know the scripture, she who's been forgiven much, loves much. Mm -hmm. And I think, Lord, I have not deserved any of this happy ending that you have brought into my life. You are so faithful. And I just love, I mean, my love for you is just, I don't have any more words. I don't have any more songs, no more dances. I don't even know what to do next. I love you so much. I said, that's it, Jesus. It's your birthday. What do you want? Please just tell me, what can I get you? Let's just pretend it's your birthday. Like I was just in that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And when I said that, I imagined this great, all of a sudden in my heart, this picture of a huge present came into my heart and mind. And it had one word written on it. And it was the word trust. And then Jesus said, Audrey, when you give me the gift of trust, I can do so much with that. <sighs> yeah, that's powerful. And I really a relentless trust. Like, yes. You know happening? Yes, it's hard to have hope right now, but I'm going to trust you. And the atmosphere shifts, something changes, and it, it invites the, the heavenly perspective of God to open up heaven and align us with his goodness. And there is, you know, I imagine right now women who are listening to this and are just like totally blown away. And I would encourage anyone who is listening to find out more about Bob and Audrey's story, because there are so many things that have happened in the restoration process. And thank you, Audrey, for sharing the fact that it is a process. OMG. Yeah, because... <laughs> It didn't just like, bam, happen. Oh, yay, we're all better. <laughs> yeah, it was a process. And and yeah. and even though we fast forward right now through to, to where you are, there were many, many years and many times of process mm -hmm. and of forgiveness and of trust and of rebuilding mm -hmm. and all those things. But like, what would you say to a young woman or who is maybe has experienced a, a, a brokenness of trust in their relationships. Mm -hmm. What would you say to her? Is there someone who has, has their heart broken or that someone they have trusted? Has broken now? their trust. Um, broken yeah. Their trust. Yeah. I can, it's so interesting. We just developed our, um, we've been waiting to do this 911 e-course, 911 marriage crisis e-course, because we get so many emails like help us. I wish there was a hundred of us that we could help everyone who reaches out. And so finally we got, we did a very amazing e-course. It's eight, it's short enough that anyone can do it and affordable enough that anyone can do it. But basically this e-course talks about, it takes somebody through the process of, it's like me and Bob are alone in the living room with you. You, you print out the workbook, you watch the video, and then we give you instruction. Okay, now do this. Now you're going to go through this because in, in a crisis, you don't know who to ask. You don't know who to talk to and you don't know who to trust. Right. Mm -hmm. So I feel that because I'm just, it just got released and I'm just so excited that finally I can feel really good about saying, I'm so sorry. I can't slot you in for an appointment, but please at least start here. Like do right. these eight 
classes together and it's like me and Bob are with you, you know, and we've got workbooks there and assignments and it, it, like t talking points where you're going to get through stuff. So anyway, while we are developing this, we were really digging deep on the trust issue because we really wanted to help people. We thought we don't want to give pat answers. We want to help people through the trust issue. And we realized that there is a timeline of trust, of course, but um, in the middle of that timeline of trust is, and I won't go through it. I could teach on it for a half an hour. I'm not going to do that right this minute. But in the middle of that is where the person has to trust himself. And I know that sounds weird, but see this for this girl who's had her heart broken. There is a trust that's been broken between herself where she says, how, how did I let this happen? How did I give myself? How did I um, put my, make myself vulnerable for this? How did I not hear God's voice? Do you hear all the questions that come mm -hmm. with trust? trust and you don't realize that trust actually has to be reestablished between me you and god and it's just like you know what god i am going to develop this and and because i can't um change what happened i can't make that unhappen where my heart was broken and where this person has betrayed me and rejected me however i can rebuild something between you and me because you are constant consistent and faithful so now, Lord, help me to learn what it means to trust myself again, to restore confidence in me again, that I do hear God's voice. I do hear him behind me saying, this is the way walking in. Even though he's sure that mistake happened, I know that I am walking and talking with God. And he is the only one that's allowed to tell me who I am. He is the one who, Jesus, you're the one who is going to reestablish my, my dignity and my value and my worth. And when that trust is developed between you and God, where you just trust yourself, I think you feel the confidence that rises up. Because you see, your confidence in, it, it takes development and process as well. But when that confidence that you can trust yourself, then you're actually, if that is established, then you can go to the next level in the trust timeline and begin to give somebody the gift of trust or give them the gift of time that they're in their own process. Not sure if I explained that completely mm -hmm. well because I don't have a specific scenario of if we were talking about a betrayal, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. huh, I hope that helped. At no, least I, get, I, I, I absolutely do because I, I know so many young women who I have conversations with over and over again, talk about in their life, how there's been something that's happened in, in relationships, whether they are um, with a partner or they're just in, in relationship in general. Yeah. how trust is broken and and i and it's so hard for us to really wrap our minds around what do we do after that yeah and how do i trust men again or, yeah. or you know the generalities can, can pop up right yeah and so exactly and so i think that then i did answer that because that yeah. is more developing that trust but we don't understand how important that piece is in the timeline of trust mm -hmm. we think that guy's better got better darn prove himself before I'll ever la la la. You know, we could get bitter and get like, you know, antagonistic a little bit that way and just gonna get bitter. However, it, it, it that's not where it starts. It's not, it doesn't start by someone earning their trust. Like, like I will say this to you, Andrea, from not from this, now I'm doing it from my standpoint because now I have to earn Bob's trust, right? Let's go back mm -hmm. to the story. 
Audrey, how did you, how did Bob ever trust you again? Well, and, the, and when it was all said and done, when we had gone through the process and the, and the timelines of trust and many things had taken place, you know, the apologies, the repentance, the confessions, the, the restoring, the, like all of the things that quote unquote make you prove that you're trustworthy again, you know, the time that passes, the, you know, accountability, all those things that are part of all this makeup of trust. But really, how many hoops is it going to take for me to be so perfect that Bob will love me again? How many, how, how many years, no one's written the book on how many days, how many years it takes before someone trusts after adultery. Like, who writes this kind of book? You can't, because it's all so unique and personal. And I could be trying to jump through hoops until I'm 92 years old, and Bob still doesn't really have to trust me, because I broke that trust. And no matter what I can, no matter how hard I try to perform, I will never fix the trust that was broken. So what do you do with that? And I will tell you, because when it's all said and done, there was a day when Bob gave me the most amazing gift. And that was the gift of trust. When he said, Audrey, this is no longer sure trust is about what you earn, but in the end, I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you the gift of trust. And there's no hoops to jump through anymore. There's no reason why you have to try so hard to perform. It's time to be at rest, be safe, secure. I'm going to give you the gift of trust. So relating that to a, a girl who's been brokenhearted and doesn't want to trust men or something like that, I'm just making up a scenario. There's going to have to be a point after trust is reestablished with yourself where you trust yourself again, where you're just going to give men the gift of trust. And you're just going to have to give a gift. And you're going to be wise. You're not going to be stupid about it, but you're going to give a gift. We all need an Audrey in our lives telling us oh. this. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be your, I'll be your auntie. Audrey. <laughs> I'll be, I get to, I'm 52 now. I get to be the old white one. <laughs> you do de definitely do not look like the old wise one though. That is for sure. Okay. Thanks. Definitely not. But you are wise. You are wise. Okay. Young and hearted you. wise one. Um, no, okay. you know what, Audrey, I love that because it is, you know, I think that is, we're conditioned to earn. And I've been just thinking totally. about grace, um, for probably the past six months and, um, and thinking about how much I'm trying to earn grace and, and earn mm -hmm. my way to success and earn my way into relationships yes. and earn my way and all these things. Now, yes. yeah. And nothing's happened in my life, particularly to have caused crisis in that area, uh -huh. but yet I'm still striving to do it. Mm -hmm. And when you're talking to us about like, okay, it's not anything you earn. Like trust is not earned. Grace is not earned. It's mm -hmm. given. It's, it's a, a gift. So hard to wrap your hand or head around that. Yeah. And, okay. and we are constantly, whether it's friendships, whether it's relationships, whether it's whatever, we're always looking to like, well, how do I earn my way back into this? Or how do I earn earn my way to your love or earn my way to your trust or, um, mm -hmm. and, and the reality of it is, is that there's never going to be enough we could ever do exactly. 
Exactly. It's, to earn it. You have totally caught it. You have caught it. Yes. And I want women to like, not just even like, I want that to like get deep in you that no matter where you are in life, no matter what's happening in your world, where you find yourself, if you're like looking for a mate, if you're, you know, in a marriage that's really just kind of felt like it's bottomed out, there's so much hope for you even just in your relationship with God first before anything else happens mm-hmm. that, you know, I think we'll, we want to run to another person to fix it, but we can only ever run to God to fix anything. Totally. And that's, and, and the next course we're working on right now is our, our we're calling it our newlywed e-course. It's going to be ready in the next few months. And um, it's going to be for pre-marrieds and young people that just got married to lay foundations. And that's the first thing we tell people in relationships in our newlywed course, our e-course that we're making. And that is this, your, your partner, your spouse is not your source. And as soon as you think that they're your source for anything to make you happy, to protect you, to make you feel safe, to make you laugh, anything, you are eventually going to despise each other. They're going to definitely despise you for sure, because that person can be your number one contributor, but they will never be your source. And you just nailed it, Andrew, with with what you said, because that's just so true. It really is Jesus, because a happy single person is a happy married person. Come on. Amen. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Because we think, oh, we'll get married and everything will change. It's like, no, you, no matter where you go, there you are. Like, come on. And you know, Audrey, it's, it's interesting because a lot of times I'll find it, it's very, very odd. I will have women talk to me about their marriages and I am like the least qualified person to talk about a marriage because I'm a single 40 year old woman, 40 ish year old woman. But you know what, in the same way, it's like, you know what, I don't need to be a rocket scientist to know about relationships and about, exactly. you know, like, and, and the thing about it is, is, you think, you know, girl. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of it in, to me has just really been an understanding of I have to be okay with who I am. Totally, yes. Before yes. anything, well, not before anything could happen. Let, let me rephrase that because I feel like that's a qualifier to get married. Um, right. And that's definitely not. Um, no. I feel like it's like we just look and think like, okay, if I get married or if I'm in a relationship, then I'm going to be fulfilled and happy and everything's going to be wonderful. I'm going to be rescued from the plight I'm in. Yes. And, and the reality of it is, is that that never solves any exactly. of the heart issue. Exactly. 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 So it's always worth doing what I call heart work. It's yes. always worth doing hard work. And, and, and you and I have done hard work together. We, we have. And yes. um, that's something, it's my passion. I just love it when women make appointments and do heart work with me because the Holy Spirit shows up every time and does a work where Jesus heals broken hearts. And, mm-hmm. and I just want righteousness, peace, and joy. I just want to live in the kingdom, just like you, Andrea. I just want to have righteousness, peace, and joy. And that is, we think we want money. We want a guy. We want a protection. We want the best friends. We want all this stuff. But no, you know what we really, really want is righteousness, peace, and joy. That's what we really want. We just think the other stuff can get us that. Yes. A hundred percent. I agree. A hundred percent. Like that. (laughs) Amazing girl. Let me tell you, I 
think you're just, you know I'm one of your fans. I, you're, I, the fact that you're so courageous, and I'm going to call you Courageous Contagious one. Oh, <laughs> my Courageous Contagious. I, I, I love it. <laughs> no, I, I, I just feel like, honestly, Audrey, there's just a, I don't know, like, how you and I have been able to connect. Yeah. Um, and, but also just, I don't want to encourage other women, like, you know, you can have kinds of relationships like this yes. and you can have this. It's not out of your realm of possibility right. to have these kinds of relationships, whether it's, you know, eventually with someone who you're, will be married to or the person you're married to now or yeah. a friend, you know, like yeah. it's, it's available to you. And I yes. think the the starting point is you have to believe that it's possible. Totally. You, you, I, oh my gosh, I would, I can't wait to hear more of your podcast because it, <laughs> you, it is what you believe in your heart is everything. I, it is because, and I, and I know that you and I have talked about this before, but mm. you know, um, I, so much of what we are, what we think affects our emotions and affects our actions. And, and it's really, really getting to the heart of, okay, what are we allowing ourselves to think? And we have control over that. And we have more control over that than we think we do. Absolutely. And, and it, and it affects everything. It affects all of our relationships. It affects all of our lives. It affects everything. And, um, and I, I want to say that because I think even if you guys listen to the live transformed podcast, you will hear this in spades, um, with Audrey and Jim and Bob <laughs> and not Jim, Bob, <laughs> Although, although Audrey does refer to them as Jim Bob. They love it. It's their favorite thing. Um, I, I'm just joking about that. They, they don't love it. <laughs> but they do. Maybe they inside. Do. Inside. <laughs> um, they love me. I'm convinced that they love me. <laughs> oh, I mean, who, who couldn't? Who couldn't love you, Audrey? Um, oh, you're so You'd be surprised. <laughs> Now, like, as you've like moved forward, you guys have a ministry like to yeah. help couples and really restore relationships and really prepare people well, which I, I think is just a, such a, a great thing. Like what in your life right now are you willing to fight for? I am willing to fight for my family. There are some things that I don't say publicly, but there are some ways that I'm fighting for my family hardcore and i am i am tackling it from a place of extreme faith and the lord just keeps saying Shh, ask me what i'm seeing don't tell me what you're seeing ask me what do you how do how am i seeing this situation and all of a sudden hope just springs up in me and i'll say i'll get the visual oh okay so this is happening right now in this present circumstance but down the line in the big picture this is going to be 100% restored victory for your glory. And I think one of my favorite things that I'm personally going through, um, one of my biggest um, monsters in my life, so to speak, mm -hmm. is being tasky because I'm very motivated every day and I, I'm very A-type, want to get it all done. And the Lord has just all my life been inviting me to a place of rest. Remember, you know, about the trust, about the mm -hmm. rest. 
about, no, 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 really, Audrey, you don't have to be a big deal. I'm the big deal. I'm like, yes, you're the big deal. And, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so this is my, as I said, it's my, everyone has their lifelong things that they're just because of their behavior style or whatever it is. Everyone's are different, but some of them are similar. So anyway, I was studying about rest and about Sabbath and and basically, I was the difference between Kronos and Kairos time. I don't know. Have you ever done a study on that? Never. Okay. It's so cool. Do you want to do another podcast about it sometime? Because Yes, is. I do. <laughs> I want to do all the podcasts with you. All the podcasts. <laughs> You're so sweet. I don't want to just go into another whole subject. You can just but... tell, you can tell Bob we're going to have the Andrea and Audrey show. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Forget Jim Bob. We're done with you. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I will say this. Okay, so chronos, I'll say it really fast. Chronos is, um, you know, the root word for chronological, and it's back from the <clears throat> the, the whole thing about how it, it, it it's depicted in it as an old Greek artist had depicted it as an ancient monster demon kind of thing that's extremely skinny, but insatiably hungry and just devours and eats everything that comes near it. So it's just ugly, 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 ugly. Like, you know. There's even a depiction of him eating his own children. Like, it's just disgusting. So this is chronos. The other word for time is kairos, which is a great big present, you know, being in the present moment and being enjoying the gift of our life, however long it may be, and making the most of every moment. So you can see the, the, the contrast. Because I can get very stuck on my calendar and my time and everything else, and chronological time can start to eat and devour my life because I'm so busy thinking about the future that I'm not even in my moment. So I have a trick. Are you ready for my trick? I'm ready. Okay. This is how you live in Kairos versus Kronos. You know how you look at your phone a million times a day or not a million, but you know, you look a at lot. your phone to see what time it is. Okay. Cause we're constantly checking. What time is it? What time is it? What time is it? How many times really in your head do you say what time is it in a day? Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. So now we're going to change it up a little bit, Andrea, instead of saying what time is it? All day, I want you to say, what is this time for? Ooh. Isn't that good? That's so good. <laughs> it's rocking my world right now. It's where I'm at. I'm like, nope, not what time is it? What is this time for? Because it changes everything. Mm -hmm. Like I might be driving Robert somewhere in a seven minute drive to get somewhere. And I'll be going the whole time with those seven minutes. I'm thinking, got to drive fast, got to make that light, got to do this, got to do that, right? I'm, I'm being driven by the devouring of Kronos time. And meanwhile, I had seven minutes with my son. What is this time for? Mm -hmm. See how that changed it? Yes. Yes, completely. Yeah, it's a good one. Because well, really, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, no, I love it because I know that there are women who are also like thinking about their life in, you know, I've got kids, I've got a business, I've got this, I've, you know, they're hurrying pace, you know, trying to get everything done. And yet we're like, I'm not fulfilled. I'm not fulfilled. And it's like, exactly. yeah, exactly. Andrew, Take that time. I love that. Can you t give me the phrase one more time? Yeah. Instead of saying, what time is it all day? Say, what is this time for? What is this time for? Audrey, you are seriously one of my favorite people. I could talk oh, to you, you for hours. I, I mean, I really could. 
you draw it out of me. You're the best. My courageous. Yeah. (laughs) No. And you know what? Like, I just honestly, like, I, I think I've said this to you before, but you know, bears repeating, you are an inspiration for women. You are an encouragement. You are a delight. Um, thank you. And, and I just feel so absolutely blessed to have you in my life and to know that there are, there is a woman like you that I can look up to. Oh and my gosh, Andrea. So I know, I mean, I'm not even blowing smoke. I mean, really. I mean, <laughs> I'm being totally honest. <laughs> really, like, you know, seriously. Thank you, Andrea. I've said to you before, I'm so honored to be part of your life and your walk and your journey. And so many people that you are helping and you are bringing wisdom and perspective to and helping on a personal, like in your consulting and all the coaching that you do. I'm so grateful for what you do because you do the hard work to get there for yourself so that you can pass that on to others. Oh, Audrey, I just love you. You're so I love you too. Well, okay. I need to really get out the information of where okay. people can contact you. Okay. Just go to bobandaudrey.com. Literally, that's all they need to know. Bobandaudrey.com. That's, that. that's easy. Like, it's all there. You can contact us. You can book relationship consulting. You can get a free ebook about communication. Oh my gosh. It's for every person. Married, unmarried. It's a great free ebook. E-courses there if you know someone in marriage crisis or that's getting married soon that wants to do the newlywed course. There's just so many fun things. We we love having fun and we love helping people through the deep, deep pain of life. Yes. So I want to encourage you guys to definitely go and check out Bob and Audrey. I will have all of their information on the show notes so that you can access it. And everywhere, yeah, everywhere that you can find them because like um, we just shared part of the story. We, there's a whole other part of the story of Bob's part of the story that would just still blow your mind as well. And, um, and so it's just a a huge um, encouragement to, to anyone who is in a marriage, in a relationship. And I I want you guys just to be blessed by what they're doing. So thank you so much, Audrey, for being here. Like that. Thank you, dear. (laughs) And I wish you the very best as you continue this courageous, courageous endeavor of a podcast. It's, it, and, and hi to all you listeners. You, you hung in there. And um, man, has God got a great future for you. Hang on to that hope. Remember that I just, just for the listener who's leaving, just I had that visual like I never had before today about that you're in a rushing, rushing river, but you've got a rope to hang on to. Just hang on to that, that, that that's what you did, but that is not who you are. Okay, seriously, how could you not love Audrey? I am so thankful for her in my world. And to hear how she has turned her life around is amazing. And I know that the journey that she has been on has not always been an easy... Okay, seriously, how could you not love Audrey? I am so thankful for her in my world. And to hear how she's been able to turn her life around is amazing. But I know that the journey has not always been an easy one for her or for her family. And friends, can I encourage you that if you find yourself experiencing a difficult time in your marriage or in your relationships, that there is hope for you. Now, I'm definitely not a relationship guru, but I do know people 
So I believe that you can get the guidance you need. So to connect with Audrey and Bob or to hear more about the work that they are doing, head over to thecouragecast.com for all of their details and to access today's show notes. And until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Cast, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. The Courage Cast is produced by Stephen Crilly.